Well, welcome back to the Access 21 podcast. I'm John Rocco, Executive Director of Access 21, Charlotte Mecklenburg Public Access Corporation. It's been a while since we've been here. We took the summer off, and now that the fall is here, we're ready to get back in the swing of our regular podcast. We've been doing these podcasts with members of our board of directors to try to get the, uh, the folks out there to know a little bit about the organization and the people behind it. And I'm pleased to have with me today the vice president of the SIMPAC Board of Directors, Jamal Harvey. Jamal, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be here and honored to be a guest. I've been waiting to be on this podcast for a while. Well, there is a long waiting line of people dying to get on here, as you can imagine. <laughs> so, so we're glad you, you, you uh, were able to join us. Uh, so how long have you been on the uh, SIMPAC Board now? Wow, I've been on the Simpec board. I think this is year five. So I, I started uh, filling in a term for someone, and then I was appointed to my own term, and then this is my second full term. And how did you come about being appointed to the board, and why did you want to serve on the board? So, John, you know, that's an interesting question. So, you know, I'm originally from the West Coast. I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, and I had my own public access television show in Portland. And I did some work with the board. And before I moved to Charlotte, I got appointed to the board out in Portland, a little suburb of Portland called Milwaukee, Oregon. So when I came to Charlotte, I looked into public access and I saw the studio and it took me a while to get over here. But once I came over here, you know, I had a chance to meet with you and we did a little interview and I told you that I wanted, you know, to get involved and to be on the board and that's what kind of brought me here. I had previous knowledge of public access, and I believed in what SIMPAC was doing, and it's an awesome setup, and I want to be here to help. So why did you originally get involved in public access back in Oregon? Well, I wanted to have my own TV show. And without going to college for, you know, video production and all of these other things you have to do and try to break in to get on TV – I saw public access as a great vehicle to be able to bring to the masses what I wanted to talk about. And my show back in Portland was a music show. So I had a buddy of mine and we were the co-host. We would, we could rent cameras from that studio. We would rent three cameras. We would go out to local bars and restaurants and we would film local bands. And then we would put the bands on public access. I'd edit it all, it'd air on TV. And then I would give the bands a cop, a CD. This is where it was. It was on CD. That was the medium. Mm -hmm. I would give them a CD of their show after it was all edited and graphics were applied. And they loved it because they were just a local band. And now they had something that they could go to Kinko's and reproduce and show to people. And, you know, I thought that my jokes were funny. And, you know, my co-host and I, we had a good banter back and forth. His name is Dan. His nickname was Mr. Big Slick. And we had a good banter back and forth. And we had that show for about two years. We were, you know, one of the more consistent people on our public access channel of putting out content, you know, on a biweekly basis. Now, that's interesting that you say one of the more consistent because that I think a lot of times when people get involved in uh, public access, they want to have a TV show and they might not be as familiar of the amount of time and effort that goes into doing a show. Yeah. So you have to be ready. So if you are, are hearing our voices right now and you want to come in and have a TV show or a podcast, just be ready. It's work. You know, you're, you're working for free. It's volunteer work, but it's work, but it's, it's, it's pretty rewarding. So content is king and it's always important to make sure that you are 
filming content, recording content, and always thinking about what you're going to put for your viewers and for the channel. But it is work. You you know, learning how to edit and learning how to have that ear for what needs to be said and, you know, thinking about post-production when you're in pre-production, things like that. And as you know, this is a, a community service pretty much that the city provides to the, the residents of Mecklenburg County as a, a, a free speech platform somewhere where everybody's welcome to come. And we, we can't reiterate that point enough to the audience that this is here for folks to use for whatever message they want to get out to the public, whether it be something like you were doing with music or um, public uh, opinion, your own opinion, politics, religion, whatever it is. So what would you say to the audience about the importance of having a public access channel? Living in a city that has a public access channel is going to afford the public just great things. So like you said, John, you can do whatever you want, whether you want to do a show about your church or about your school or about your dog, you really have the opportunity. This is one of the few places where you can come in and, and the, and the city provides resources and you can say what you want. I mean, there's very little limits on what you can do. There's no censorship, whatever your show or your, your content piece is about, you can say it. And I love that our studio here at Simpac, we have so, so much variety and people have different ideas of what they want to do and what they want to broadcast. I love it. So people might live in a smaller town, might have to drive to a bigger town. It's worth it to make the drive because you, if you truly want your voice heard coming on public access is the way to do it. So, you know, I like to give a, a, a big kudos to the city of Charlotte way back when for being forward thinking enough to get into this business and provide this service for the citizens of the city of Charlotte and Mecklenburg County. And then as you know, as being on the board, you know, we're always trying to think of new things that the community could use. And about two years ago, we built this podcast studio where we sit today and this beautiful podcast studio that we sit today. Let's add that. Yes. Let's add that. It is beautiful. And, um, it's a whole new medium because as you know, the, the podcast world has really exploded. And I don't know, I saw estimates of how many, you know, millions of podcasts literally are available on the internet, but not everybody has the, the equipment to do one. And so maybe you don't want to necessarily do a TV show, but now we have a podcast studio for you to use. Yeah. So, you know, in March of 2020, everybody kind of stopped hanging out with each other and we all kind of stayed in for whatever reason that may be. But <laughs> it seems like everybody, including myself, came up with the podcast and it's a great medium where again, you can have your own thoughts out there. And, and sometimes not everybody wants to be on TV editing. That can be a lot of work, but this podcast studio was a great add to the, to the, to Simpac and to the city, you know, just for the people who are hearing my voice, I'm sitting in a state of the art studio with all the equipment that you could ever want. My own podcast, I do it in my dining room, much to the chagrin of my wife. I've taken over our dining room, and it's kind of my, <laughs> my, my work-from-home desk and my podcast studio. But this is a place that if you want to just talk, right? Like I'm talking into this microphone, and I'm talking to X number of people. And if you want to get your voice out there and just say what's on your mind, you know, contact the studio. Come down here. You can't ask for a nicer place. Like if you were going to go out, John and try to rent a podcast studio like this, it would cost you hundreds of dollars. And 
for coming in and taking classes and learning how to use the equipment and doing a little bit of training, you can use this and have this at your fingertips. And it's, it's, it's excellent. I can't say enough about it. And we, that, that's exactly what we want people to do, to be able to and do their own program that is then available across the globe. I mean, podcasts are pretty much universal. You can hear them anywhere. You can get them anywhere, much in the same way that our TV channel is now available everywhere because yeah. it's streamed and it's, uh, it's on our uh, website and you can stream it through many different platforms. And we do get people from all over the world actually watch Access 21. We're now up to 106 countries have tuned into the channel. That's, that's, that's the most fascinating part for me. So being on the board and being, you know, serving with you on the board as the vice president, when we get the report every, every other month of places that the station has been watched. And I remember seeing it in Afghanistan and I was like, how would someone in Afghanistan watch this program? And it's like, they're streaming it. And it's just amazing that little access 21 and little old Charlotte, North Carolina has programs that have literally gone around the world and for someone who's trying to get their content out there, it's such a good vehicle. I don't think that anyone's personal SEO is going to pick up someone in Afghanistan like uh, Access 21 has. Well, and we want to thank our listeners in Latvia and Mauritania, which are the two most recent countries to have tuned in. That brought us up to 106. And I, I'm always fascinated, too. Like, I wonder what, why are they watching? How did they even find us, you right. know, on, in the vastness of, of the Internet? Now, I can find Latvia on a map, but Mauritania, <laughs> uh, isn't that a newer country that was uh, like a Soviet breakaway or something? No, actually, Mauritania is in Africa. It is just south of Morocco. Okay. I would not have known that. So there you go. <laughs> we, we are we are lit from Latvia to Mauritania, want, uh, listening to Access 21 and, and viewing the programs. So what brought you to Charlotte in the first place? You stated that you were originally from Oregon. Yes. So I, my wife and I got married in 2006 and she grew up between Portland and Charlotte. She had one parent in Portland, one parent in Charlotte. And when we got married, we were going to buy a house. And if you have ever been on the West coast, even back then mm -hmm. in the early two thousands, real estate was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's now here in Charlotte, but it was like that in Portland back then. So she said, let's move to Charlotte. And I said, sure, let's do it. And she was like, really? I'm like, yeah, let's go. I never wanted to be the guy to be, to live and live up, live and, you know, die in the same town. I wanted to get out and see the world. And I'm like, you know what? I've been to Charlotte to visit a few times. Let's do it. So we decided to move to Charlotte and we bought our house on the internet. The first time I ever saw my house was when I drove into the driveway. Really? Yeah. Well, fun, that's, fun uh, that's very courageous. Yes. <laughs> well, my brother-in-laws and my mother-in-law live here and they had kind of scoped out the area. So mm -hmm. We trusted them on the house, so. The, but the first time I ever ever laid eyes on my house, other than pictures, was when I pulled into the driveway at two a.m. on April first, two thousand seven. You know, and that's interesting because with the recent uh, housing boom, I, I've heard that a lot that people are buying houses that they've never seen. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I could do that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it again, but I did it once and it worked out. <laughs> okay. Good. So. Outside of Access 21, you must have a, a regular job and a real life. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I am um, a manager uh, at 
Avid Exchange, which is, you know, just a couple miles from here. So we're a software technology fintech company. And I've worked there for about four years. Great place to work. Uh, really cool. And I've, I've been doing that. So we're in the financial technology sector. Uh, think automating payments, taking people from paper to electronics. So that's a really cool sector to be in. I love fintech. I love everything about technology. And then, you know, Charlotte's becoming a big financial, bigger financial town than it has been. It's always been a banking town, but the difference between banking and fintech is, is, is very nuanced, but it's growing. So I do that. And I have four daughters. I have two daughters that are grown and out of the house. And then I have two that one's in mil, uh, middle school and one's in elementary school and they keep me pretty busy all the time. And then I have my little nerdy podcast that I run. So uh, I have a buddy of mine, he lives in Australia oh. and uh, we host a podcast together. So, um, you know, we do it over the internet we do it on, you know, different programs and we've met in person a couple of times when he was here, but you know, mostly it's done over the over the internet and we have our little podcast that I run from my dining room. Well, that's interesting cuz my wife is from Australia, so maybe they know each other. They may. <laughs> my buddy my buddy lives in Brisbane, Australia. Ah, okay. Now, my wife's from Tasmania, but okay. um so that's interesting. So how did you meet him and how did you decide to do a podcast together? I've always wanted to do a podcast. I struggled to find the topic that I felt I could talk about week over week. And if everyone, if anyone knows me, I'm kind of a nerd. I'm a dad and I play Pokemon go a lot. <laughs> so, uh, our podcast is based loosely on Pokemon go. So the parent company of Pokemon go is a company called Niantic. And if people play Pokemon go, when you spin the stops and, and, and interact with the gyms, we do a podcast that's called waste Botters, And it's about how you get the items on the map for Pokemon go and other games that Niantic does. So it's nuanced. It's kind of the nerd of the nerd podcast, but we are up to 40 episodes and we, we drop a new episode every Sunday and it's a lot of fun just kind of sitting back and talking about something that I know a lot about and I enjoy. And then my co-host Lachlan enjoys just as much and he brings a completely different perspective. It's funny. You, you, you kind of get in this mindset that, what you see is everything and, and talking to somebody from Australia who has a completely different perspective mm -hmm. and doesn't really understand a lot of the, um, the jokes that we have that just us Americans, you know, like you say something like, Oh, he's out there being a cowboy and, yep. and people know, like that's somebody who's just kind of charging through a wall and doing what they want. And, you know, we know that term cowboy is somebody who's kind of doing that. And I say that to him and it just kind of falls on deaf ears. Like, what do you mean? Like he's riding a horse? No, but you know, so it's, it, it's interesting that, you know, a podcast can bring people together from other sides of the world. So I, it's, it's really cool. I enjoy it. So, you know, when you ask me to be on this podcast, I'm like, I get to go on a podcast that I don't have to edit and I don't have to do anything. I just have to talk. This is glorious. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because I know with my, you know, when I um, first met my in-laws, they had a lot of terminology that that we don't have different things, you know, even everyday household items sometimes have a different name. And so I always tell people that uh, my children are bilingual. They speak English and then they speak whatever that is my wife speaks. <laughs> <laughs> and Tasmania is really far south. Yes. That's, that's about yes. as far south Australia as you can get. I know. It's almost Antarctica. I was yeah. like, where, where are we going? Where are you bringing me when we, and, you know, when it's such a long trip? But I love it there. I absolutely love it there. Um, now 
I know you're involved with some other nonprofit organizations also in the city. In, yes. In addition to this one. Why don't you tell us about some of that? So I work with the, with a group called Queen City Unity. And we started back in 2016, and our goal is to spread unity and and contentment amongst Charlotteans. So we've done a lot of things over the course of the last six years. We had a Charlotte Unity Fest that we put on at Noda Brewing where we brought together all different nationalities, all different people of all different races and colors, and brought all of the cultures together. Since the pandemic hit, we've been kind of on pause just because most of our work is so hands-on. Mm-hmm. And for the last two years, nobody wanted to be within six feet of each other, much less hands-on. And a lot of the nonprofits kind of in our area and in our space have kind of run into some issues like that. Yeah. Also run into a lot of funding issues that there just wasn't any money to go around for nonprofits. But we're always going to be there in spirit, even if we are on hiatus at the time. We're still, you know, my wife and I do a lot with the pajama program. Mm -hmm. One of the things I was very proud about about Queen City Unity was for three years running, we made sure that we got between eight and 10,000 pounds of pajamas, socks, and hats for every single kid in foster care in Mecklenburg County. Very proud of that. So we were interviewed on TV a couple of times by the local Fox station. And, you know, just going out and just trying to help people that need the help and uh, making sure that they knew that people cared about them. So that's one of the things that I was more prouder of was the pajama program that we worked on. And can people get involved with the organization somehow or, do you, uh, or how do they get involved if they want to? Yeah. So we, our website is still up. You know, we still have, we're still take requests, queencityunity.org. Um, Jorge Malaris is our executive director. And um, even though we're not as active as we were, people can reach out to us there if they want to make donations of clothes or food or places like that. If we can't facilitate that, we can point them in the direction of places that can that we partner with. So we're still going in spirit and we can still help out the community. So very, very proud of that. Well, great. And I hope uh, I hope that goes well. Now, um, I read a very interesting interview with you um, in Charlotte magazine some time ago. And I don't know if that had something to do with your involvement in Queen City Unity, but would you mind telling a little bit of that story? Yeah. So that story was something that goes back pretty far for me back when I was 12 years old. So I, um, unfortunately my older brother was killed by the police in Portland, Oregon in guy when I was 12. So what was that? 85, 86. And it was one of those things that kind of shaped my life into what it is now. Um, The interview was in reference to some of the police shootings that had happened here in Charlotte and across the country. And a couple people had known my story and reached out to me and asked me if I'd tell the story and kind of tell how that, you know, kind of shaped my life moving forward, not being the person that had the interaction, but being the family member and, and being, you know, 12 years old at the time. And so the article kind of took the the readers through what happened on that day and kind of what that meant to me and, and how that kind of made me into the person I am, that I try to look at everything through the lens of both sides. Right. You know, I could have been the type of person that turned really mean and evil and hated every policeman that I saw and, you know, this and that, because it was a very one-sided thing. It was a very one-sided thing where... My brother was a Marine and he was trying to stop a robbery 
Right. And the police showed up and saw my brother and assumed that he was the robber and they choked him and killed him. So, and it was kind of ugly, John, to be completely honest with you. I mean, there was protests in the street. Right. There was not, not riots, but there was almost right. I mean, it was, it was all the things that we've seen play out with, um, you know, the things that have gone on on TV. I just, I'm glad that there wasn't CNN or Fox news of those days back then, or my family would have been on the news. We were on the news locally. My dad giving interviews talking about it, but the Charlotte magazine article wanted to kind of focus on what happens after that and, and what people involved in the situation, you know, kind of like here we are now, 30 years later and, and who I am and what kind of person I am. And if anything, it kind of showed me that to keep the spirit and the legacy of my brother going, he was a person that would help anyone. He'd pull over on the side of the road and help someone who needed help. And I've kind of embodied that. And that's what has brought me to a lot of the service things that I do, whatever community I'm living in, because everybody needs a little bit of help sometimes. And I've always have been the person, will always be the person to try to give that person help or assistance. Well, and that's what struck me when I read the, the article was that I said to myself that, you know, Jamal just puts out such a positive vibe when you meet him. You know, you're very outgoing and, and you just seem positive. And that's what I found most fascinating by the whole thing, that you could go through something like that and still have that kind of outlook. I try. It's not easy. I mean, we're all humans, but at the end of the day, people can make conscious decisions about what they're going to do in any situation. You can be upset. You can be angry. You can be hurt. But before you take that next step, you can say in your mind, what I do next is going to determine not only what happens to me, but what happens to all the people that I interact with. And I try hard to make sure that that's a positive interaction wherever I go. Well, from what I've noticed, you're pulling it off fantastically. <laughs> well, thank you, John. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you were able to come in and spend a few minutes with us. I hope you uh, had a good time. Oh, I had a great time. Can I just say one thing real quick? Certainly. If you were listening to the sound of my voice, please, please, please look in the show notes, look for the links, come in and check out Simpack. right? This is such a diamond in the rough. And when I found it, it just made my heart just burst because there are so many good things going on here at the studio with this new state of the art podcast studio with the, the two studios that we have here where you can come in and do a TV show. Again, I'm part of the board. I want to make sure that I outreach. If anyone wants to reach out to me personally with questions, I can answer. You can come down, um, make an appointment and, and one of the staff members here will give you a tour. You'll be blown away to know that for a, a very nominal fee. What is it? $25? It's $25 if you're a citizen of the city of Charlotte. Yeah. And that's a one-time fee. And then from there, you can take all these different classes and learn about editing, learn about cameras, learn about studio direction, learn about podcasting, learn about just about everything that goes into a television program or a radio program. And you can come down and do it. Then you can either turn on access 21 on your cable system, or you can do what I do is stream it and you can stream it. Like you said, we have people in more, more, what's this, what's the country again, John? Uh, Mauritania, Mauritania, <laughs> Latvia, <laughs> Afghanistan. People are streaming access 21 worldwide. And if you're hearing my voice and you're in Mecklenburg County or Charlotte, 
I want you to come down, take a studio tour, learn what we're all about, and join up. You won't regret it. I couldn't have said it better, and I hope that uh, a lot of you out there take Jamal's advice and come down and see us. If you want to have your own TV show or your own podcast, you can get more information about the offerings here at uh, Access 21 by visiting our website, which is www.tvaccess21.com. You can give us a call at 704-377-8988, and we'll answer any of your questions uh, as usual, I want to thank our engineer for the day, James Rossi, who is doing a great job as usual. I also want to remind everybody that this podcast was recorded using the facilities of the Charlotte Mecklenburg Public Access Corporation. Until our next podcast, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm John Rocco. Thanks for being with us.